Welcome to the St. Moses Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. St. Moses is a new church sharing the hope of Christ in the heart of Baltimore. If you unfold a quartered map of the city of Baltimore, you'll find us right where the creases intersect. If you have any questions or any way we can help you, please don't hesitate to reach out at info at St. Mo's, that's S-A-I-N-T-M-O-S dot org. Now, let's continue with the podcast. Thank you, Ainsley, for that. Um, that was really long, and I'm, I'm really grateful for, for you reading that. And uh, my name is Sam. I want to welcome you to St. Mo's, and this is my Sunday clothes. Actually, I wear this every day. Uh, no, actually, I don't. I never wear this. In fact, this has been sitting in the closet for for a long time. Uh, thank God it fits, right? Uh, well, you know, I, I grew up in the, the Korean American church, and it was customary to wear a suit to church. And in in a way, I'm you know, really honoring my, my parents who are not here, but they're watching me. And, uh, during the test run, she gave me a thumbs up. So I know, <laughs> I know I've gotten approval. Um, but you know, at St. Mo's, you can wear whatever you want. I'm just doing this on a Sunday because that's the thing we do. Um, we've been going through the book of John for the past couple of weeks and we're landing on chapter 11 that uh, Ainsley so beautifully read for us. And, you know, the book of John, as we're going through it, John really, like, makes it clear for us. So if you've been tracking with us, you know that this is the last of the seven signs, seven miracles Jesus does. Um, let me just run through a couple of them. Um, there is... The first one was the, the wedding at Cana where Jesus turns water into wine. Then there is an official son who shows up and says, my son's really sick. And Jesus says, um, your son is okay. He's alive. And, and he goes home and finds that at the time when Jesus said that, his son began to be better. There was a paralyzed man by, by the water and Jesus says, Pick up your mat and walk. And he does. <clears throat> There's the feeding of the 5,000 with some fish and loaves. There is Jesus walking on water to his disciples, freaking them out. And Jesus says, why are you, why are you scared? There is the healing of the blind man from birth who testifies to the entire temple court. And then today we have Lazarus raised from the dead. So you get these seven miracles, and John spells it out for us exactly why. I write these things so that you may see and you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It's no mystery there. John makes it very clear. And in our passage today is also another parallel um, structure that John sets up. And it's these seven I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the 
divine. I am the resurrection and the life. So, um, for those of you who grew up in the church, you know, this Lazarus uh, story is pretty familiar. So, I just want to take a, a different angle at it. And so, I got my permission. He may not be here. I got, I got my son's permission to share this. Because, you know, you never want to, like, just share stuff about your kids and then just embarrass them. So I said, hey, can I share this thing? And he said, okay, how many people? <laughs> so, so I was like, I don't know, like, you know, in front of the church. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. You know what, like, like 50? So uh, count to 50 and the rest of you put your ear, <laughs> put your fingers in your ear, all right? So I only have permission for 50 uses. Um, but, you know, lately my son, he... He shares, and, and he said, you know, he, at night, he said, Dad, uh, I'm worried. I'm like, what are you worried about? I'm thinking like school and stuff. He's like, I'm worried about dying. And immediately, like, I felt my body tense up. So I was like, you know, as a dad, I'm, the immediate response is, oh, my gosh, what's wrong? Um, worrying about it. And then the second thought was, oh, maybe he's just watching too many videos, right? Too many YouTube videos of zombies or Minecraft or something. I'm revealing parts too much, okay? But after I got over that, after I got over myself and I started listening, I, you know, I realized this is natural, right? People think about death and dying. And I, and I wanted to normalize that for him and say, like, you know what? It's okay for you to think about that. And so, you know, the, the pastor side of me was like, okay, so what do I do? Teaching moment here. So it's like, Lazarus, do you know the story about Lazarus? And so I was sharing that. And afterward, he said, and, and I asked him, so what do you think about it? He's like, all right, that's, that's okay. And I thought it would be more profound. He's like, all right, good night. And then he went to sleep. Um, But our our passage today goes at some of those things that maybe for some of us feels unnatural. For some of us, maybe we don't think about it, but the the reality is it's ever-present. For those of you who have been living under a rock, you know, for the past two years, we've been living through this thing called the pandemic. And, and the reality behind that is that there is a worldwide pandemic death. There is, if you are hearing current news, a raging war where some seven plus million people have been displaced. And it's ongoing, ever-present. And those of you who live in the city, we live with the ever-present, traumatized Baltimore, where we pray for God's mercy, but we experience some of that. We see our neighbors. We see the news. And you know what? Jesus has something to say about this. Jesus has something to say about death. So I, I wanted to craft this message as if I was 
sharing this to, to kids, to my son. You know, what would Jesus show in this passage? And so I, I really wanted to share three simple things today. Um, and so before I do that, let me, um, let me pray for us and invite you in prayer. And at St. Mo's, we simply say prayer is a way that we invite God to show up and to open our hearts to hear God's word. So let me pray. Father, we come today with faith, some of us small faith. And we want to believe and we want to imagine more than we can. And we want to walk by faith, not by sight. And so God, we ask, would you speak into our lives? Would you do things that are impossible? Help us to trust in your promise. And God, we thank you that you are a God who sees and hears our needs. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in thy sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I'm going to go backwards. So if you tracked with the story, I'm going backwards here. So you're like, wait, this is not how the story goes. So just letting you know. So three things, three simple things that I see here sharing with you today. One is that Jesus has power. Very simple, right? Jesus shows up to the tomb and says, move the, move the stone. And Martha's like, hey, Jesus, man, it's four days. It's going to really smell. And Jesus says, roll the stone. And then says, Lazarus, come out. And then, I don't know, you know, I picture like toilet paper. But whatever it is, Jesus uh, says these words, and there's power. Right? This echoes back to God's power, right? In Genesis, how does God create? With his words, there is power. Let there be light. And there's creation. Jesus has power. Jesus has power to raise Lazarus from the dead. And there's a simple um, saying, death does not have the last say. Actually, the saying goes, death has the last say, right? But here, because Jesus has power, death does not have the last say. Jesus gets the last say. Lazarus, you come back out. I know that it's like, okay, thanks for that. Good night, let's go home. Jesus has the power and the ability to care for us, to fight for us. That's why in so many of the prayers in the Bible, in the Psalms, there's all, you know, if you read, it's, it's not like nicety. Lord, you're so great. Would you crush these enemies? Just take their bones and crush them? Would you break their bones, shoot arrows into their brains? Uh, it doesn't say that, but something to that effect, right? Because the reality is that in our lives, in this world, is, is dangerous. It's not nice. I know we like to think that, but the reality is that 
especially biblically, the world and all of us included, we live in a broken world of sin. And Jesus speaks into that and says, I have power over all of it. All danger, all uncertainty, all death, I have the final say. That's the, that's the simple truth in power. Jesus has power over that. And, it, and right before he goes there, he gets angry. And, you know, in some of our Bible translation, they try to scrub it and make it nicer. And it says, Jesus was moved, deeply moved and indignant. But, you know, in the Greek there, Jesus is angry, like a shouting anger. Because Jesus is furious that sin and death have the final say over our world. And Jesus says, no, I have the final say. Jesus is deeply moved in anger and says, this is not the way it is. And I'm going to break it. I have power and authority to break it. That is Jesus' power. And I don't know if you believe that. I don't know if I believe that sometimes, but that's what the Bible says. And that's what God speaks into our lives. So much so, one of probably the greatest prayer, Psalm 23, the image is God walking through shadow of death and fear, there's no fear. And that in the presence of my enemy, God prepares a banquet, taunting death and sin and his enemy and saying, you don't get the last say. You sit there and you watch while I let my person enjoy a feast. That's how I mock you, sin and death. That's Jesus' power. And that's what we get. I don't know if you believe that, but that's what the Bible says. In Christ, all things will be made right, new, and good. I don't know if you believe that. That's what we see here. You know, the second simple truth here, and I'm going now to the middle part. Jesus comes up to Mary. Mary runs up, falls at his feet, weeps, says, Lord, if you had been here, my my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus is moved. People see they're weeping. Mary's weeping. And then it says, Right, this is the trivial, uh, the trivia, shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus cries. You know, Jesus doesn't explain because, you know, in 10 minutes or so, he's going to go and raise Lazarus from the dead. You know, if I was Jesus, like Mary's crying, oh, Lord, Jesus, hey, look here. You know what I'm about to do? Stop crying. Or maybe that's not, maybe that's just me. I don't know, right? Or it's like, Mary, don't you know? I, and could have gone defensive. Jesus doesn't explain. Jesus doesn't close his heart. Jesus enters into Mary's space in grief and pain meets her there and Jesus weeps. You 
you know, I, I don't know if this is like confession day today, but you know, um, I have a confession to make. I don't think they're here, but you know, um, I tell my boys to stop crying all the time. And I catch myself doing this. Um, I think probably the first time was um, when the pandemic started, and I was like, we got to do something. So we went outside, and I tried to play soccer with them, or teach them soccer. And this is like uh, coaching 101. Don't say you're doing it wrong. Just let them do it. But, you know, I didn't know this. So I'm like, I put the ball, and it's like, first, this is how you dribble, Right? They're like six years old. And like, no, no, don't do it like that. And, and this is going on for a couple of minutes. And in, invariably, you know, one of them, there's little tears. And like, there's no crying when we play sports, right? So I want to I wanna confess and apologize for doing that. And then there are other moments of, you know tears and say, suck it up. Well, I I didn't say it that way, but. Sometimes we think crying is is weakness. It's being immature. You know, don't do it. Here we have Jesus modeling for us. Jesus is not weak. Jesus is not immature. Jesus shows the full breadth and depth of what it's like to not close your heart up. When you have hope, when you have power, you can enter into people's space. You can sit with them and not worry about yourself. I mean, that's power. And Jesus enters sits with Mary, and is deeply moved in tears. And not as an act, but because Jesus cares. It's part two. Do you believe that? That Jesus cares about you deeply. Every wound in our lives, Jesus knows, cares deeply about that. To the point where he cries with us. Do you believe that? The third one is is the first one in the story. And that's when Jesus comes into the town of Bethany and Martha shows up and they have this really beautiful theological conversation. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And and the real profound thing about that is nowhere else has Jesus said this. And the conversation that has brings into light one probably the most profound thing that Jesus is going to do. Because right after this, the entire narrative of the book of John is going to shift. And now Jesus is going into Jerusalem and it's Passion Week. It's Easter. And, and you'll see how the book of John is shifting now. Jesus is talking about going to the cross, what it means to be his followers, disciples. And so this is the last time. And right before this shift, it's marked by Jesus' conversation with, Mary, uh, with Martha. It's 
this. Jesus drops this truth on, on Martha. I am the resurrection. And it, and it starts from this whole thing where um, she says the same thing that Mary says. You know, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But, you know, I still believe in the resurrection. And, and some people think this is really um, the, the earlier beliefs that some of the, the Jewish sects believed that you live rightly with God and when you die, that's it. It's just gone. And then there were others who believed that when you died, that there was resurrection. And so there was some controversy about which way it went. And so they think, you know, maybe Martha was just saying that, you know, I, I do believe in that part. And Jesus says, no, it's not just about believing that. I, I am the resurrection. <laughs> and Jesus says, if you believe in me, You'll never die. You'll have life. And then Jesus turns right to Martha and says, Do you believe that, Martha? And then we get one of the most beautiful declarations in the Bible. Martha says, Yes, I know that. I believe that you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You know, there's only, there's only one other instance. There's only two people, followers of Jesus, who confess that Jesus is the Messiah. One is Peter, and he is revered for this, the confession of Peter, when Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And they say, Elijah, John the Baptist, and all these things. And then Jesus says, Peter, who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Messiah. And Jesus says, right. Right. Well, he doesn't, well, right. (laughs) And if you follow early church history, Peter is one of the greats. And one of the reasons why is because even before Jesus' death and resurrection, Peter proclaimed that. And they're like, that's Peter. That's Saint Peter. And Martha gets none of that love. And she says the same thing right here. And John highlights that. And you know, the other twist is here. Martha gets a really bad rap. If you go to uh, Luke 10... She's pictured really poorly. There's a story of Martha and Mary. This is right after the parable of the Good Samaritan. Really powerful parable. And then they go to a town. There's Martha and Mary. And, and Martha is doing her thing, getting ready. And she comes to Jesus. And, and Jesus and Mary sitting there in the, the living room just chatting it up. And Martha goes like, Jesus, can you tell my sister to help me out here instead of being a bum. Something like that, right? And then you know what it says? Jesus goes, oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. Why are you worrying, man? Don't worry. You know, Mary has chosen what's better. Oh, my gosh. Do you say that to siblings, right? (laughs) And if this, this passage of Martha and Jesus is not shown, oh, my gosh, for history... Martha is like, oh my gosh, Martha, 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 always worrying, worrying, worrying. We get this tremendous redeeming story with Jesus and Martha. The one who has seen as just the busybody, she's just always worried, and we recognize, we get a fuller picture of Martha who is able to proclaim and confess who Jesus is. And here's for the first time, Jesus saying, I, I am the resurrection. I give life. 
I overcome darkness with light. I overcome death with life. That's Martha. It's, it's a really beautiful picture of, of Martha. And it's a beautiful picture of Jesus personally inviting Martha in really traumatic times. And in, in some ways for all of us, you know, Jesus doesn't wait for us to get our stuff all together. Jesus doesn't go, you know what, you got too many bad habits. Jesus doesn't wait for us to say, you know, um, figure, figure all this out. Jesus meets us where we are, interacts with us, and then personally invites Martha and says, do you believe this? And gives us the opportunity to follow Jesus. It's, it's a really beautiful picture here. It's three things. Jesus' power, Jesus' care in weeping, and the truth that Jesus is the resurrection. And he will go to the cross. And he will die. And he will suffer. And in three days, he will rise again because he has power over death and he has power to give life. And he says, through me, if you follow me, if you believe in me, if you have a relationship with me, you have the same resurrection power. Martha, do you believe that? And I think Jesus asked that to all of us today. Do you believe that? For some of us, we're like, I, I, already, I already believe that. That's, that's cool. But being a nerd here, you know, in, in the Greek has this verb called aorist. It means like going on and on. And I think Jesus asked that question, question to us each day. Do you believe? Even if you said it before, Jesus asks us again each morning, do you believe that? And we are invited each day to respond to God in that. Yes, Lord. I believe you have power. Yes, Lord, I believe you care for me. Yes, Lord, I believe that you have life. I want to end with that. Um, let me pray. Father, we, we are so thankful that you invite us. You invite us into a life of resurrection power, a life of renewal, that you don't wait for us, that we're not stuck in our ways, that you see us for who we are, where we are, what we are going through. So Lord, we ask, may our lives serve as a sign of your transforming power. May our lives reflect your hope. And we ask to help us each day to follow you in faith and in obedience and in power. We ask this in your name.